Journey to Organization, episode 133, Hoarding in the Times of Coronavirus. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to the Journey to Organization podcast. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization. Today, I want to talk about the situation. I've been trying to figure out over the last three weeks, what I should say to everybody that would be inspiring and uplifting and how I could convince people to still declutter and not hoard. And I didn't know what to say. And I feel sort of, or I have felt sort of the need to not say anything because I wasn't sure what to say. And I, I didn't want to say the wrong thing. So I hope I'm not saying the wrong thing. Uh, I figured I would start with a little bit of honesty and just say that this situation, it stinks. Being stuck at home can feel like being a prisoner and it just straight out stinks. Normally, I really love to be at home by myself. (laughs) I think I could probably do it for weeks on end. Sometimes I don't leave my house for a few days and I feel fine and happy and glad that I haven't left the house. Sometimes I don't even notice that I haven't left the house for a few days. And I don't even like think twice about it. But it has never felt like this because most of the time, I have some quiet time to myself in these kind of situations where I'm in the house for a few days at a time. Uh, If I need to leave my house, I can. And so I feel like the confinement being voluntary is what makes it different, wherein in this situation, the confinement is not voluntary. Plus, my kids are here, and my husband is home, and my dog, but to be fair, my dog's always here. I think also I can't just get on a plane, which I was so grateful for a few months ago, and go see my parents and my siblings at a drop of the hat as soon as I want to. I can't see any of my friends in real life. Uh, Even when I didn't leave my house for a few days in a row, I probably would have seen my friends. They would have come over to the house or or done something with me and some interaction with me. And even though right now life is a little bit challenging, it's not actually miserable. (laughs) I, I don't feel like this is the worst possible situation I could be in. Right now, I feel like, well, even though this is sort of a a war-like situation where, you know, we're stuck at home, we can't really shop, we can't buy anything, there's not, you know, so much to buy anyways because most of the shops are closed, it's challenging, but it could be so much worse. It could actually be a real war. And I feel like this is sort of like, just a secondary situation. It's a bad situation and it's awful and it's terrible and people are getting sick, but I also feel like it could be so much worse. Uh, Even though right now my husband is working from home around 12 hours a day, he has a job that is centered around emergency situations. He's not really super available, but in case of an emergency, he's definitely here and I have someone to rely on. My house is relatively tidy because even though we're all home and it's a little bit dirtier than I would prefer, I have pretty much curated a great collection of things that I want to keep in my life. 
everything has a place where it lives. And so even when it is a mess, it's easy to say, please put X in this space, Y in that space, and Z in this space. And to get the kids to clean up, even if I have to ask them like five times to clean up, but like still they understand where things go, how to put things away. And, you know, it's fairly tidy. Uh, We pick up the floor every night almost and run our iRobot, which I still love. (laughs) Um, My house could definitely be cleaner. The floor looks a little dirty. The windows are dirty. The bathrooms in the sink are basically okay. They they could be better. Uh, we seem to be doing a lot, a lot of laundry, but I don't know that it's actually any more than we normally do. We don't have piles all around of clean clothes or dirty clothes. Uh, we're coaxing our kids into being responsible by putting their laundry away themselves, which they are mostly doing. We do have massive amounts of dishes. (laughs) Uh, We work together, though, to make meals, set the table, clear the table, clean up. We have tried new recipes. The kids have experimented with being in charge of making meals. We eat most of our meals together as a family. And so even though there's a ton of dishes to do, I had in my car for a few quiet minutes just to reset myself. And I'm grateful that I have a car to do that with. (laughs) In. (laughs) In a strange way, this situation has sort of made me feel recharged most of the time. For me, the days don't really run together. Every day is a new opportunity to get stuff off my to-do list. And some days that happens, but most days it doesn't. Uh, It feels okay still, even though I'm not being as productive as I would prefer. I don't really feel stressed out for the most part. I do wish I would have a little bit more productivity, but I don't really feel stressed. Sometimes I feel overwhelmed. Sometimes I feel sad. Sometimes I even feel a little depressed. But for the most part, those feelings, you know, don't get in my way. Although I do have to admit that some days I feel like my work takes a backseat to my husband's job since for the most part he's the breadwinner for us and my job just pays for the extras we have in life, which is a lot of stuff my job pays for, but still. I'll give you an example of how my job takes a backseat. As I'm writing down my thoughts and collecting my thoughts for today's episode, I was interrupted by my son who needed help with something he was working on about seven times. I really want to help him. I want his project to be successful. I want to be his guide. But at the same time, it's frustrating because it interrupts my thoughts and it slows down my own work. Uh, You know, and I did it, but it sometimes feels like I just take a back seat to other people's needs. And I think that that's part of being a mom. And it's something that I work hard to reconcile myself with. But it's a thought that I have nevertheless. I have sort of taken to sleeping in a little bit in the morning. (laughs) I try to work later at night when my kids are sleeping because it's more uninterrupted time with my thoughts and it allows me just the ability to focus a little bit more on what I'm thinking and getting things that I need to get done done because, you know, the world isn't ending. It just, you know, things still need to get done. I still want to be there for all of you every week, uh, and I have to carve out time to do that, and during the day, it just doesn't seem possible, so if sleeping in an extra hour after the kids wake up is 
what it takes. And then, you know, working a little bit later at night when it's quiet. Okay, I'm down with that. Doing that really cuts down on yelling and fighting because I'm just being available to my kids when they need me to be available to them. And I have the kind of flexibility with my job where I don't need to be reporting to somebody at an exact minute and I don't have any crazy deadlines right now. So for the crazy deadlines that I do have, then I I get stuff done, but I'm able to get a little more quiet sort of in the evening (laughs) Um, and sort of rotate with my husband a little since his job is more important to be doing during waking hours. When this situation first started, I put, I, I made a schedule for us. We did tefillah, prayers in the morning, then yoga, and then homework, and then free time, and then lunch, and then some free time, then some journaling, then some art, then dinner, then dog walking, and then bedtime. And I have to admit, there was a lot more use of devices in that time than I would care to admit. But, you know, nevertheless, we did what we did to get through the day with the least amount of yelling and fighting and the most amount of family time that we could all muster. It worked for a few days, (laughs) but then the school schedule started to be more random and the kids needed a little more flexibility because this one had a Zoom meeting at that time and the other one had a Zoom meeting at this time and, you know, we couldn't just all stop what we were doing because they each had other responsibilities. So now I just sort of take it day by day. We still do tefillah in the morning. Meals are pretty regular because, you know, everybody's hungry all the time. And I I have to say, we try to keep bedtime as a standard, and that really helps keep everybody, you know, whew, normal. <laughs> On the days we need to practice gratitude, we do. And that's every day. <laughs> I try to get my kids to list the things that they are thankful for every day. And it's hard. And I make them do like five things. And it's hard. I don't get to it some days. But on the days that we do get to it, it I think makes us all a little bit better. On the days that we need to deal with creativity, we do an art project or I try to get my kids to do something. Today they decided they wanted to learn how to do some design work and make videos and we went through and I showed them how to do it. Being flexible has made our situation more manageable and even, dare I say, kind of enjoyable. (laughs) I admit that the time between dinner is the worst time of day. Between dinner and bedtime is the worst time of day. Uh, It forces us to, you know, interact with each other because we're eating dinner together and, you know, we're winding up the day. We're all a little bit cranky by the end of the day. Um, I'm sure you can relate, but yeah, that's definitely not our best time of the day. We eat a lot more food than we did before, I think. <laughs> Hard to say, but I think I think we do. Uh, the thing is, though, is we are getting ready for Pesach. So we're trying to use up a lot more of the food that we already have so that we can make space for the Pesach food and so that, you know, we can know when we buy things for after Pesach that, uh, you know, everything will be sort of, it'll be fresh and it will be, you know, fresh start. This way I can basically look at anything in my cabin and be like, well, that must be from last year from Pesach because, you know, I always try to start fresh. And I'm not saying we don't sell any of our chametz. I'm just saying that, you know, I try to use up as much as I can. I think that doing that has been valuable because it forces us to be creative about what we're going to eat for the meals, you know, to use up sort of what we already have. Uh, 
And, you know, if the kids want to make something specific for dinner, then, you know, we add it to the shopping list for the following week. We're trying to only go shopping once a week. Sometimes we're successful at that. Sometimes we're not. We are definitely trying to limit our going outside as much as possible, especially when we don't have to or to go to crowded places. You know, it's one thing to take a quick walk down our street. It's another thing to, you know, go to the grocery store where there's lots of other people. So we definitely are trying to limit, you know, when we go to the grocery store uh, and by using up what we have, I think, and just sort of supplementing, it definitely forces us to be a little more creative. That being said, our food bill, I really do think our food bill is going up and we are spending more money on food. Even though both my husband and I have to sometimes yell to get what we need from our kids, <laughs> I find that we are adjusting to this new normal and growing our relationship with our kids as best as we can. Our relationship, mine and my husband's, I don't feel like that has really suffered at all. And I feel really great knowing that we have a strong relationship. And I think that Part of the reason why it's still pretty good is that he spends most of the day working in our bedroom and I work downstairs. <laughs> uh, I think that helps not spending like every minute in one teeny tiny room together that maybe we wouldn't be in the same situation if that was the case. Um, but I do definitely feel like we are able to communicate what we need to each other and focus on you know making the best of the situation. The thing is though, is I often think about other people who aren't as lucky as we are. And yes, even though I got some troubles, I consider myself to be very lucky right now. Even though I have been prone to bouts of depression and I have some other external issues in my life right now, I feel a tremendous amount of gratitude for the roof over my head, the food we have to eat, the warm bed I have to sleep in, a great loving family, and that right now we are all healthy. I feel very fortunate, but I think about others all the time. I think about the people who don't have a home with as much space as I do, the people who live with crazy amounts of clutter, who are having trouble coping with the situation of being stuck at home. I think about the people who live alone and have no one to share their space with, especially on Shabbat over Yom and Yom Tov. I think about the women who are suffering because they live with abusive spouses and the children who are suffering because they have an abusive parent. I think about the people who are sick, mentally and physically sick. I'm thinking about the caretakers, the parents who take care of children who who necessarily might not be able to take care of their children anymore and the children who can no longer take care of their parents. I'm thinking of the people who just can't seem to catch a break. There are those who are suffering alone in hospitals with coronavirus who are all alone because they cannot be with their families because of having coronavirus. And I think about those people who will die because... They have it and also that they will die alone and how sad and terrible and horrible that is. It really hurts my heart and it makes me feel incredibly grateful for what I do have. I am actually in a few parenting groups specifically about being quarantined during coronavirus 
And I'm kind of shocked at the level of complaining that goes on in these groups. I think if we can all express a little more gratitude about our current situations, even if they aren't great situations, it makes things a lot easier for us. Especially, I think, when the situation isn't great and there doesn't seem like there's much to be grateful for. I think focusing on the things that we do have gives us a little bit of presence. Even though sometimes I get upset at my kids, I think about, you know, those other parents who who are stuck in a smaller space or who actually have a sick child. And then I feel gratitude and I'm able to reframe the situation and get my feelings of stress and frustration and overwhelm better under control because I can put things into perspective. A lot of people have messaged me about how they lost their jobs now and they don't want to get rid of things that they would have normally decluttered and they're keeping things just in case. There is a lot of fear that I see, that I feel on a, on a real like visceral level. And there is a ton of worry. I admit, I worry too. I worry I may never get to see my parents again, especially my mother. I worry sometimes we'll run out of food or worse, money. I worry someone I love might get coronavirus. I worry about if this will make my kids hoarders in the future. I worry if this will create a generation of hoarders. If you've been listening to me for a while, you know, I believe that we always have what we need. I still believe that. Sometimes, though, frequently, actually, I really have to remind myself and reaffirm my belief in that statement. As we move forward in this crazy time, I see that things in this world will change. And I hope that they do. I hope, and I'm kind of glad, (laughs) that the supply chain has been mildly disrupted. I hope that people will now understand how far away much of their stuff comes from and how not producing products domestically can hurt our own individual economies and also how they have a negative effect on the environment. Now more than ever, It's so important to support businesses that are working locally to provide for you locally and who and who employ people who live locally in your community. When we choose to buy something that is made or grown locally, it affects other people who live near us. And that in turn affects us and our economy and the success of not just ourselves, but the people who are closest to us. I know that a week, two weeks, three weeks before Pesach seems like a really stressful time to be stuck at home with kids or to be stuck by yourself. There's cleaning and shopping and cooking to be done for Pesach. My husband and I were going over lists from last year on things we need to kosher or food we need to buy. And he said to me, we can kosher so much less stuff because we're not having any company. We just need enough stuff for us. He also pointed out that we need to buy less food than normal since it's only us at our seder. That means I need to cook less food too. And that actually takes an enormous amount of burden off. I really do feel bad for families that will be alone, especially mine. I know my father is crushed. 
that it will just be him and his and my mother at their Seder and that me and my brother and maybe my sister will not be able to be there and that they won't be with their grandkids. But I look at this time as meditative, as a time to focus on my spiritual side, my time to be with God. I saw a meme today. The Hebrew word for quarantine is bidud. The numerical value of bidud is 26. It's the same value as God's name. Bidud is the root of the word for hitbodedut. Hitbodedut is self-introspection or self-isolation. It is true that we might physically be separated from each other, but no matter if we are separated from others or with a small group, God is still with us even when we are physically alone. I don't believe that even when we're physically alone, I know it feels like we are alone, but we aren't. God is always with us. Even though we are physically alone, we can still reach out to people through the telephone and video chatting, and that's amazing. I think about sometimes the bubonic plague or the Spanish flu epidemic, uh, the polio epidemics where people were isolated from one another. And I think that must have been such an isolating time. People lived further apart from each other and they didn't have any way to communicate with people who were not in their house with them. And I feel like right now, even though this is a terrible situation, we're alone, but we're not alone. Maybe this is a call to do teshuva, to repent. I can't say. It's not my place. I've seen people say that, but I just don't know. But I'll tell you what I believe. I believe that this is a call to strengthen our connection to our spirit and our soul and minimize our connection to the physical things in life, specifically the stuff we have that, that we believe makes our life better, but actually doesn't. I believe that having too many material objects isn't what our soul needs to grow. In fact, the stuff is what gets in the way of our learning growth and oftentimes our connection to people who we want to be connected with. I believe that our stuff should work for us and help us reach our goals rather than us being slaves to our stuff and working hard to make sure that our stuff is being taken care of. It is not our job to worry about the stuff we have in our life. It's our job to worry about the people we have in our life. I'm not saying give everything up and live a life of poverty. Don't worry. All I'm saying is now is the time to find balance. If you've been listening to me for a while, you know that <laughs> that is something that I have said a lot. I I know that there is worry, but there is too much stuff in our life and that throws us off balance. Instead of hoarding food because we are worried that we will not have food after Pesach, now is the time to clear out. Make space for the Pesach food. I will say that there is one caveat though. You should have enough food in the house so that you don't have to go to the grocery store frequently. Pick a limit that feels comfortable to you. A week, 10 days, two weeks, whatever that is. Have enough food 
so that you're making minimal trips out to the grocery store so you can limit your exposure to the virus. But you don't need a bunker of food. You just need to do a little bit of menu planning to determine what food you need so that you can go out once a week or every 10 days or every 14 days and that you don't overbuy and that food doesn't go to waste. Instead of holding on to shirts that you were going to discard because they were ready for the recycling bin because they were so discolored, you wouldn't wear them anymore. Let them go with the belief that when you actually need something new, it will find you. It doesn't mean you have to buy it. Maybe your friend will give it to you. A lady in my Painless Pesach challenge said to me that she was worried about getting rid of some things that she had and she made space in her life and she actually got rid of the stuff that she didn't need anymore. She found that her blender broke and she needed a new blender. (laughs) And instead of going out to buy one, she just said, hey, who has, she asked to put out a shout out to all her friends and said, who has a blender they're not using that they can give me. And she got like two offers for a blender. Maybe we don't have the stuff that we need right now, but we have friends who have the stuff that we need sometimes. And all you have to do is ask for a little help. She just needed to ask for a little bit of help. And that's, I think, a key here. Maybe we don't have exactly what we need, but somebody has something that we need. I think when we can say, I don't have this and I actually need this, we can find some way to manifest, not manifest, I don't know that's the right word, but we can locate it. We have connections, we have community, we have people in our lives, we can get things. We will get what we need when we strengthen our belief that we will have what we need when we need it. And maybe if we don't get what we need when we need it, maybe it's not something we actually need. Maybe it's something we just want. Maybe it's just a lesson we have to make do with a little bit less. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just too difficult to feel like you can't have what you want when you want it and it's frustrating and scary and I I get that. I know that this is a difficult situation. I know that it seems like we can't get everything right away and we're used to this instant gratification. We need it. We order it on Amazon and it arrives in our doorstep, you know, the next day. Or we call the pharmacy and they deliver it. Or we call the grocery store and they deliver. Or we order our groceries and we expect them to be there, you know, in a couple of hours. I I get that we're used to getting things right away. But just because it's taking a little bit of more time to get something doesn't mean that we won't get it. Or that we should worry about not getting it. One thing that really helps me figure out need versus want is, again, practicing gratitude. When I write down what I'm grateful for, it reminds me that everything else that I think I need is just gravy. It's just a bonus. It's just hodul Hashem kitov. Thank God because he is good. (laughs) And it just makes me feel great for getting that stuff. I hope this episode gives everyone a chance to evaluate their situation, take stock and pivot a little bit and realize that now is the time to focus on less stuff and more people and that it's okay to not give in to every single desire that we have because in the end, we can't take this stuff with us. Next week is Pesach. I'm going to take some time off until after Pesach with the podcast. I would love, though, if in the meantime, you would all email or message me about topics you would like to hear about for after Pesach, 
and I will do my best to get these scheduled for the weeks after Pesach. But I don't want to leave you with no tips for Pesach. So here's a few quick tips. Don't look for a way to make cleaning harder. Be okay with taking the easy way out. Just do the basics. Switch to kidney oat snacks now so your kids stop tracking chametz through the house and you stop tracking chametz through the house. Don't go overboard on food. Cook only what you need. It doesn't have to be mega fancy. It can just be basic or just less. You don't need five salads, three main courses, and four desserts. (laughs) You just need one of everything. Don't kill yourself. Don't make this difficult. Just make it simple and focus on the meaning of Pesach. Celebrate your freedom. Even though in isolation it feels like we are not free, we are still free. If you need more guidance on Pesach, you can check out episodes 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 46, 50, 51, 52, 98, and 99. Woo, that's a lot of Pesach episodes. If that isn't enough and you still feel overwhelmed and worried and need some extra support, please reach out to me. I have a new online option for working together called Done in a Day Decluttering, where we work together to make a plan and we get several check-in sessions throughout the day to keep you on track. All you need to do is just send an email to Rebecca at RebeccaSaltzman.com to find out more. I'll give you all the details. When you email me, it's a great program. It really works. My clients who have started doing this have benefited a lot, and they have really made a big difference in the rooms that they have done each day to, you know, really get decluttered and really organize and clean out their space. For now, I wish you a healthy and kosher Pesach. See you in a few weeks. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.